the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Everybody, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today as we are each and every day from 3 to 5. Today's Friday, that means... Open line Friday, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. On open line Friday, you can talk about anything you'd like to talk about. So you can change the subject. If you've got a question about something in the news or comments, you want to talk about uh, something in the war, in the uh, the battles that are just beginning, we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Maybe there was something earlier this week that you didn't get to chime in on. Well, today is the day, 888-528-2557. You can call now, and uh, maybe you've got a Bible question. Maybe you've got a question about uh, just something that's on your mind. Well, Fridays, we'll we'll take that call, 888-528-2557, and uh, you can call now. Uh, you are probably watching the news, and so we're watching this develop, but uh, the United States has begun to... Uh, conduct airstrikes in Iraq and Syria to Iranian proxies, uh, bases basically that they blame for the drone attacks that have been happening to the United States. And uh, this is a statement. I'll read a couple of statements. So this is uh, very new stuff developing. You got any thoughts about it? Do you want to uh, call and chime in? 888-528-2557. At 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, United States forces conducted airstrikes in Iraq and Syria against Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps uh, and uh, affiliated militia militia groups. U.S. military forces struck more than 85 targets with numerous aircraft to include long-range bombers flown from the United States. I think long-range bombers flown from the United States means stealth bombers. Don't they take off in Nebraska or something or Arkansas and then they, they bomb and then they come back? We don't actually station them over there. Uh, Continues, the airstrikes employed more than 125 precision munitions. The facilities that were struck included the command and control operations centers, intelligence centers, rockets and missiles, and unmanned aerial vehicle storages, drones, and logistics and munition supply chain facilities of militia groups and their sponsors who facilitated the attacks against the United States and coalition forces. So that's kind of your your military statement. And uh, just a few minutes ago, the president, uh, President Biden, put out this statement says this past Sunday, three American soldiers were killed in Jordan by a drone launched by militant groups backed by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Earlier today, I attended the dignified return of these brave Americans at Dover Air Force Base, and I have spoken with each of their families. This afternoon, at my direction, U.S. military forces struck targets at facilities in Iraq and Syria that the IRCG and affiliated militia used to attack its forces, our forces. Our response began today. It will continue at times and places of our choosing. The United States does not seek conflict in the Middle East or anywhere else in the world, but let all those who might seek to do us harm know this. If you harm an American, we will respond. 
All right, so those are the uh, those are the official statements. It's kind of new, so you know whatever is uh, happening. The I I think what's happening is they're suggesting that there's going to be a multi-tiered attack. So there'll be uh, several different attacks. So it's not just one response. It is going to be more and in multi-stages. So likely over the weekend, maybe the next several days. Uh, who knows how long this is going to go? And of course, you want to pay attention to whether or not there will be a response from uh, these Iranian groups. And are they able to uh, shoot back or are they able, you know, what are they going to do there? You know, there are lots of different opinions uh, going on out there about the response and uh, particularly how late it was. We talked about it on Monday. So this happened last weekend, the U.S. soldiers getting killed and how important it is to have a response. And it's a long time. It's a long time. For sure, it's a long time to have that response. And the concern is that if you give the enemy a long time, and they probably knew, you know, essentially where we're going to hit. They know where they are. If you give them, you know, six days, uh, that's a long time to pack up and uh, move all that stuff. And so the concern is that uh, maybe we're just hitting empty buildings and not destroying any weaponry or anything. And I guess they know that probably by the explosions that are caused and all of that. We'll find out all about that. But the biggest thing is that uh, we want to pray for uh, everybody involved, our troops and our families. Um, You know, there's when you talk to military families, and maybe you're a a military family and you want to call and just share, you know, what you've gone through over the years when these things happen. When was the last time? I think it's been a long time since there's been any sort of major military option. Um, It's it's been quite a while. So if you're younger, maybe this is something that uh, you have not experienced. And, you know, this might be a big deal. It might be small. We'll we'll wait and see. But if you're a military family, you know, you have a mix of emotions. So I hear we're not a military family, not for a while, at least not uh, my immediate family. But although I do have uh, um, one relative who was in Iraq and did three tours in Iraq. And, you know, an interesting thing, and they would say this, this same thing, that on the one hand, when the military action is being taken, you are at a heightened sense of concern and you're obviously worried about your loved ones and everything that would come along with that. And that's an anxiety that you have to push through and, you know, and go through. Uh, but on the other hand, you also have a sense of relief and comfort, not because your loved one is going to war or maybe you, but because they're doing what they trained to do. And when you talk to soldiers who served in the Gulf War or Iraq, uh, particularly Iraq, where that went sideways, you know, for quite a while, there was a lot of suffering that and difficulty that went on when people are just standing around and getting hit by roadside bombs, but not really able to respond. Uh, and that's been brewing in our military now as they get shot at at all of these bases. There's over 160 times we've been attacked. We've had several troops be injured traumatic brain injuries, one story of at least one who's been in a coma, um, and to not fire back, to not defend yourself, and to just be anticipating these attacks all the time and to think that your country is not going to defend you, that's very difficult. But to take the upper hand and say, okay, now we're going to get involved, in a way, while you feel the danger, you also feel a little more comfortable uh, that maybe you have a little bit of control over the situation. So why don't I do this, and then I'm going to get to your calls here. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And you can call about this subject. It's Open Line Friday, so we can also change the subject for you. God, I just pray for uh, our military families and for everybody involved here, our our soldiers and uh, each person along the chain, that they would have wisdom, that they would have protection. We pray that this 
works, that this stops the regular attacks, that this is something that ends uh, this escalation that is going on and does not grow into a larger war. We pray for all those involved. We pray that the people who are doing wrong would lay down their weapons. We pray that there would be a change. And uh, we ask you, Lord, for all of that and be with particularly our military families who are on alert and wondering about their loved ones, whether or not they are involved here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Art in Orange County, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, thanks, uh, Pastor Scott, um, for um, touching on this subject. I think that there is uh, a lot of uh, theater that's actually going on right now. Uh, some of the attacks earlier that were happening in Syria that we were supposedly responding to, um, and the key word being response, we're, we, it, it seems that we're in a responsive mode, we're not in a proactive mode, but it was found later that those buildings in Syria were empty, that there was nothing there and there was nobody there. And so it's interesting to note that uh, it took the president some days to respond, um, and it has been reported, I don't know if it's official, but... He was basically given time for those people to move out of those areas because it was announced that they were going to be hitting them. And so don't be surprised to find later that uh, it targets in areas that were hitting that there's nobody there. There may be uh, supplies and communication posts, but that the people have already left and gone. So in an election season, an election year, um, understandably, he's trying to uh, you know, gain a base or get more favor. Um, unfortunately, our border is still wide open, and there's a lot of uh, bad actors that are here already, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we get hit um, uh, in, in such a way. But I think that definitely we're in the days of deception. There's a lot of deception going on right now, mm-hmm. and people should be aware that what they see or what they hear um, needs to be questioned because uh, there's, uh, as you know, Pastor, there are uh, forces at work uh, of what we can see in here uh, that is behind uh, everything that's going on right now. So uh, with these reports of retaliatory airstrikes, um, I don't, uh, you know, although I, my heart goes out to the families of our loved ones in the military, um, I think that there's a lot that's not being said and that they are not saying and why they took so long to respond and why is it uh, we are in a responsive mode mm-hmm. as opposed to a proactive mode and trying to secure and protect the American people. Um, and we don't see it here. There's we see a whole a lot. Border. That's going to be there's already a whole lot of criticism uh, about the uh, the president and the response because of the delay. And like you said, uh, and, you know, and all the things that you're saying is part of the politics. And number one, you have the fog of war. We won't know for some time what's really happening and you know, whether something was successful or not. And then secondly, uh you know, to wait six days and to give warnings for several days that this is coming. Uh, if I'm, you know, if you're somebody and you're on one of these bases, wouldn't you have packed up and left? You've probably by now had plenty of time to move all the drones, move the ammunition and uh, be out of there. And uh, that has been a very odd thing about the the delay and not just that, but also the announcing of what we're going to do. Uh, so, you know, we're, time will, will tell. And I don't, and we obviously at this point don't know exactly how far this is going to go. And maybe there are some things that we're doing that are surprising. And the, the big thing is, is that if you're going to do this, it needs to be a deterrent. It needs to stop, uh, escalations. 
And what people are concerned about is that if you don't really destroy the enemy's capability of attacking you, well, then they'll just keep attacking you. Um, so, Art, thank you. I know a lot of people, thanks for your call. I know a lot of people feel that way. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Charlie in Westminster, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you. Um, I'm a loyal American, but I'm also a member of the Body of Christ of the Church of Antioch, the same one that's in the Book of Acts. Our headquarters is in Damascus, mm. and um, that country, Syria, you know, before the Civil War, anyhow, was the best place in the Middle East to practice the Christian faith. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm no fan of, of, of the, the, the present president of, uh, of Antioch, uh, excuse me, of, uh, of Syria, uh, Syria yeah. but, but uh, he allowed and does allow uh, us to practice our faith there. What would what would uh, uh, Roman Catholics think if the U.S. were bombing were bombing uh, Rome? You know, we're, we um, um, we were not invited to participate militarily in in Syria. I'm no fr- fan of President Putin, but uh, 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 the Syrian government invited Russia in to help them with their uh, with their rebels to to defeat their rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I. How many people know about the Church of Antioch? Well, in, I think in, you know. Uh, I appreciate uh, that this has got a personal angle for you, and I think when you have all these countries, you know, the first country I heard that we hit was Syria, and I thought, well, I, you know, is that really where this came from? Uh, you know, then, but they're in several of these bases. You know, so what do you think we ought to do, if or any country? doesn't even have to be us. You could make up a situation. You know, if, if Rome were bombing the United States and killing American soldiers, if Italy went to war against the United States, I suppose we'd bomb Rome. Um, Syria hasn't done that. I, I don't think um, uh, Syria has, has done anything aggressive against the United States. These are, these are groups. The, I mean, in, in Italy, there were the Red Brigades. They were, they were, they were communist terrorists. And 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 we didn't we didn't bomb uh, Rome, you know. I'm, I'm that that's yeah. kind of a stretch. That so that, uh, what should uh, we do? I see the 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 difference uh, that you're you're I, making I here. United, so I what should we do about? It shouldn't have a, a military presence in Syria, and, and you know, I don't know. I I know roughly when this civil war started. I don't think the uh, 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 the Assad government. Likes the the presence of, of these guerrilla groups, the, these extremists, these Islamists. There, mm-hmm. no, they don't. You know, they they like I said, um, for all his his uh, faults, uh, President Assad is is the favor uh, the favorite of, of the the Christians in Syria uh, because you know they they uh, they're allowed to practice their faith and. Uh, uh, you know, are you know, all are all Christians able to do that, or just uh, people who are in the Orthodox Church over there from Antioch? Um, for example? Well, um, n- not. Um, I don't know what what uh, uh, what go, what's going on with the evangelicals there, but uh, um, a woman from uh, from there told me that uh, in order to graduate from high school in Syria, that this was before the Civil War, uh, a student must pass uh, religious instruction. 
if he's Islamic, he gets Islamic instruction. If he get, if he is uh, Christian, he gets uh, Christian instruction. That, I mean, that, that, that's that, that's more uh, religious than the United States of America. Um, and uh, she told me that. Uh, well, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's more religious because it's essentially an Islamic country. But you know, when I'm looking it up here, I'm looking it up on Open Doors. There are certainly countries where Christians are persecuted more than in Syria. It depends on what province that you're in. And there's, you know, Syria obviously has been war-torn for a long time. Um, but, uh, you know, there are about a half a million Christians in Syria uh, right now. About I, I, I would challenge uh, the, the writer to, to, to give me an example of uh, persecution by the Christian government in Syria. Rebels in well, Syria in, doesn't have a Christian government. No, 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 no. The, but it it has a it, it you know it has a a family government, but, well, uh, but it has uh, a it has a dictatorial it, government it, it, that has been uh, gassing people, and there's a, there's a lot of bad in Syria, and I realize on multiple sides, and there are parts of Syria that's not uh, controlled. But you know, I would think about. I want to go into some other calls, Charlie. I appreciate that there's a personal connection, and and that's something that I think people whenever this happens, there's you know, there are impacts to things that are civilian or cultural uh, that get caught up in, in all of these things. But uh, thank but you. Christians have suffered from the rebels there, oh, yeah. not, not from the government. Uh, you know, I, I would say that that's, uh, I'll have to look into that, but yeah, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll check well, that out. But, you know, we have, we the, have, um, uh, the uh, issue, the issue for today is if there is a rebel group that is launching attacks on American sites, uh, American soldiers, do we not have the responsibility to attack those groups, even though they're in Syria? You know, hopefully we got, we told Syria we were coming, right? And we told the whole world we were coming, actually. So uh, they must have known uh, these kinds of things. Charlie, I appreciate uh, your call. I want to go on to some others. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Dave in Orange County, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Scott, I just want to... Uh... Thank you. Um, you've been a blessing, um, and I love listening to you. Well, thank you, Dave. I also want to say, when I was a kid, um, it's last couple of days you've been talking about Kmart. We got busted for stealing at Kmart. And <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly, they put my friend in, like, a wrist lock and maybe had some handcuffs. So. I mean, I just laugh when you when you talk about that because I, I have memories of that. Yeah, well, we we had full on handcuffs and we handcuffed you to a I metal know. bench. That's what we did. I know, I know. So my my thought about what's kind of going on about responding to the Middle East um, is, I kind of find it interesting with all the other stuff that's kind of going on. That you know, letting letting. Um, letting them kind of know, waiting, and is that I want to make sure that I'm correct. Is Did he, Biden, today say that we started the response at this funeral, or I'm not sure what you call it. Is that, if that kind of happened, that kind of sounds a little fishy as well, like he's trying to promote himself. Today, anyway, today I just, yeah, I understand what, what you're saying there. Thank you, Dave, for your call. And 
Um, you know, what happened today was the what's called a dignified transfer. It's when the bodies of American soldiers that are killed overseas come home. And the president was at uh, the Air Force Base. And as the caskets come off, the flag draped caskets come off the plane, he was there and saluting. And this battle started roughly about the same time. And so people are, you know, questioning whether or not this is set up to be, uh, you know, from a standpoint of, of optics, you know, what it looks like. You know, we don't really know the answer to that. And obviously we live in a time where we question everything that people do. And there is politics. It's an election year. You know, however, the president responds to a lot of this and a lot of the things going on to our country in our country is going to affect whether or not he gets reelected. So it it is every single thing has a political action to it. My hope is that everybody involved does what's right. The best political thing you can do is make the right decision. That, I think, is the best political thing anybody can do. What do you think? It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about anything you'd like. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We will uh, be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. On the timing of this, you know, we saw the three troops unfortunately killed this week. Why are we waiting now to do something? Why Why was there no action before? There were these increased attacks on U.S. troops in the Middle East. What's? Why are we doing action now as opposed to before? Goodness, there's been a lot of action. I mean, uh, the, uh, as the attacks have uh, have continued against our troops in Iraq and Syria, you have seen us uh, respond swiftly and appropriately. And as a matter of fact, um, uh, in previous uh, retaliatory strikes that we have taken, you've seen us go uh, uh, ever more after the IRG specifically and IRGC targets. That's John Kirby, who is defending the administration over how long it has taken to begin this uh, attack. And uh, it's really a response, right, to uh, three U.S. soldiers getting killed over the weekend. But bigger than that is uh, close to, I think, 200 attacks, at least 160. This was the 160th attack, and I think it's pushing 200 from these these groups. And basically what, you know, the situation is, we talked about this earlier this week in a little more detail, but there are United States military output and, you know, out uh, – what am I trying to say? Uh, outposts, outposts all over the Middle East in different areas. And uh, many of those have been set up over time with different uh, wars, but also particularly with the ISIS battle. That was how uh, partly how that got contained and stopped. At the same time, it's surrounding Iran. And everybody agrees that Iran is behind all of this stuff. In fact, Iran is behind uh, a lot of the terrorism in the world. And they're behind Hamas and they're behind a lot of the trouble in the Israel-Gaza war as well. And, uh, you know, it's taking a, a very long time to do it. Now, we don't know what's going to happen. This might be a very, very effective campaign, and uh, that would be good. And in my view, effective campaign, effective campaign means that the, these groups stop attacking U.S. troops and that everything else is contained. And they stop you know, attacking ships in the Red Sea, which is one of the most important shipping lanes in the world. You know, the price of everything that you buy is affected by that. And not just you, but every country in the world, really, it's affected by that shipping lane. And the Houthis from Yemen, and I'm curious if any of these attacks are going to go on down there to take out those groups. They've been firing uh, missiles even at our ships. A missile got within a mile of a United States warship 
in the Red Sea just two days ago, and it was uh, it was eliminated. But, you know, one of these is going to get through at some point. So what you want is this to stop. One of the points that we made on Monday was that we should not be worried about Iran escalating the conflict. Iran should be worried about the United States escalating the conflict. That is peace through strength. And you want you want this to stop. You want the killing to stop. And you want the bad guys who have terrible motives. And the motives here are, are they're not freedom fighters. They want to destroy Israel and destroy the West. We are the bad guy. They want to kill Israel, kill Jews, kill Americans. And uh, that has been the case for a long time. This battle with Iran is old, right? We had uh, the Iranian hostage crisis in, the, in 1980. We've had uh, Iranian-backed terrorist attacks throughout the 80s, hijacks and other things. And uh, Iran has been involved in other major terrorist attacks uh, most, much of the time here and in the rest of the world. And I remember George W. Bush's axis of evil. Well, one of them was Iran. He was right about that. Uh, some people think he should have done, gone into Iran instead of Iraq. Uh, I don't know if that would have been a good idea or a bad one, but uh, that was definitely the, the, the opinion. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's also Open Phone Friday. We will change the subject if you want to talk about something different. 888-528-2557. Uh, Jim in L.A. County, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, uh, it, I think it's wrong. I've heard... Uh, on the media waves, uh, radio and TV, they're going to play a black national anthem at the Super Bowl. Well, we have one national anthem. It's been around for years and years, and that should be just fine to have one national anthem, not a black national anthem, not a red national anthem, not a Chinese national anthem, one for the American citizens. So it bothers you that they would they would sing this other song. It's called Lift Every Voice and Sing is actually the uh, the name of it. So yes, it, the, the nickname is Black National Anthem, but that's not actually the name of the song. What's the name of the song, the title? The name of the song is called Lift Every Voice and Sing. Uh, it was written in 1900. Uh, it's an old song. For a long time, it's been called the Black National Anthem. I think it's just become a political thing in the last few years. Um, well, they with, shouldn't play it. Roger with, Goodell should not have it played. He should not do it, but I doubt that he has Well, it's probably the NFL. I don't think, you know, I don't think they're trying to replace the national anthem. Uh, I do think it's become a political thing, and that's too bad. I don't think it, it should yeah, it be that. Yeah, it is too um, bad. Yeah, it is too bad. You know, it's, it's created, you know, it takes football or any other sport. When people just want to, you know, part of those games, part of the Super Bowl especially, is that we should come together. Um, but yeah. I would encourage people, if it's really bothering you, go look it up and, uh, you know, read up some of the stories on it. It's probably not going to be, it's not going to bother you as much if you went and read where that song really comes from, what the lyrics Let me are. Write down the title. It's Let called, me write down the title. It's called Lift Every Voice and Sing. Okay, I got it. Yeah, go check it out and, uh, you know, see what you think. I think that uh, the song is uplifting. It's written in a positive way towards America. It's not some sort of new anti-American thing. And it's written by people who were around during the time of uh, slavery, right, in a, in a very different time, a long time ago. Uh, so I think that I don't like the politics that's around it. I don't think it helps people. I think it's dividing people. I get that. But the song yeah. itself and uh, what it's about, there's it's very positive. Uh, so check it out. Thank you, Jim, uh, for calling. And I know a lot of people are in that place. You know, It says, lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, 
ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise. High as the listening skies, let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Uh, Sing a song full of the hope that the present has bought us. That's a positive lyric for 1900. When you think about uh, what was going on post-Civil War, a lot of people who fought in the Civil War are still alive. A lot of former slaves are still alive. Their families are alive, right? Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march till victory is won. And it goes on in this, you know, kind of this positive way. So, you know, I think that when you put it in context of former slaves who are singing about where they have come, and remember, they're singing out about liberty. I think, and you can call and chime in on this if you want to, 888-528-2557. When you read in the past, harsh things said about the United States, particularly because of slavery or because of the emergence later of uh, Ku Klux Klan and uh, you know other racist groups like that at the late 1800s, early 1900s, that time period. But you still hear the voices of people saying, hey, there is progress, there is a place to go, and it's not anti the values of the United States of where we ought to be. It's we have more to go, we got more stuff to do, but hey, Liberty is good. We've had a terrible past, but we learned faith. We had a, we have hope in the present, even though there's still bad stuff. So I don't think that, you know, I think that in, you know, as people are going to talk about that, go read the lyrics of the song and go look at the history of the song. And I'm not an expert at it at all. I just know that a lot of what people say is ill-informed because of the terrible politic we have right now about race. And the the terrible politic that is going on, and it destroys things that can be good. It destroys things that you know can be you know criticisms of our country in the context though of what we ought to be according to our founding documents. All men are created equal, uh, endowed by their Creator with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's our that's our goal. You know some of the some of the harshest critics of of slavery and many people even in that era were pretty harsh about the United States. They still draw drew us to a goal of liberty. We should be doing the same thing with every issue today and making sure that we're protecting life, making sure that we're recognizing that we have sins in our country right now that are pretty terrible. You know, but imagine a country that values life so much uh, that we approach a lot of the issues of today uh, in a way that says, you know, we're going to value the life of the unborn. We are going to have policies that that take care of people that are concerned, to have real compassion, not just phony baloney compassion that we see so much. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Sherelle in Inglewood, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Yeah, I just want to give some clarity on um, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Yeah. Because from what I'm seeing, people clearly are not, they're very misinformed. It's called the Negro National Anthem because technically we didn't have a national anthem until 1930. The song was composed by James Weldon Johnson and his brother, um, J. Roseman Johnson, and it was actually a hymn, a Christian hymn that was sung to commemorate Lincoln's birthday. Mm -hmm. And it was actually sung, and then it became very popular, and it went on to be sung by 
children. It was taught in schools and a lot of segregated schools because at that time, obviously, this is in the 1900s. Things were still very segregated. And it was also themed around the African-Americans um, struggle doing Jim Crow. That's which, right. You know, so it seemed to me that people are getting a lot of misinformation and assuming that somebody is replacing the national anthem. It was just nicknamed that because at that time, the the national anthem, what we have as the national anthem, was not originally adopted till 30 years later. That's all correct. I think that's really good for people to hear about it because, you know, there's so much today where nothing is communicated in a way, particularly in areas of race, I think that's, I don't want to say nothing, but things aren't very helpful. And this is a, a very great hymn. There's a lot of great hymns. We sing, you know, a lot of people were concerned that we were going to replace the, the national anthem with God Bless America or uh, America the Beautiful. Uh, you know, there's controversy even about that, which is also a great song um, that we sing in the seventh inning of a ball game now, you know, ever since uh, 2001. Uh, Sherelle, I really appreciate you clarifying that. And, you know, to everybody should look up, it li- lift every voice and sing and realize that some people make a controversy out of it. But you should at least know the lyrics and the history of that song. And uh, it's a very positive one historically. Thank you, Sherelle. All right, I got to take a break. Uh I see your calls coming in, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us at Pastor Scott Show on all the social medias, Instagram, X, and uh, TikTok, at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back on the Friday edition. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. The big question on everybody's lips. On their chap lips. On their chap lips. Chap right. Lips. Do you think Phil's going to come out and see a shadow? Punxsutawney Phil. That's right, woodchuck chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Get up and check that hog out there. Yeah. Come here, Groundhog all right, there it is, Groundhog Day. I had a notion, uh, Wilbert. Uh, today's Groundhog Day, by the way. Did the groundhog see his uh, his shadow? Let's see what uh, what they said there. This is, uh, and then I'll tell you what my thought was. This is uh, live. Well, it was live today from uh, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Hear ye, hear ye! Now on this February second, Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of all prognosticators, was awakened from his wintry nap at dawn. Gobbler's knob. Phil looked to the skies and then, speaking in groundhog ease, directed the president to the proper scroll, which reads Another winter's slumbered pause so I could meet the crowd. Hard to sleep anyway when the party's this loud. I envy your energy. I envy the fun. I envy all of you and your opposable thumbs. But it's not what I feel, it's what I see and what you hear. So gather round and let me be clear. Atmosphere is a wonderful thing. And we can create our own and the weather it brings. It brings hope for the future and so much more. Maybe some Punxsutawney Phil write-in votes in 2024. Now they get to it here in a second. I think that's pretty funny. Maybe Punxsutawney Phil for president. Somebody's going to write that in. This is a long thing. I'm going to I'm shortening it here for you. I don't think we have any anything like this in California. Do we it like this is a very East Coast thing to do, a very Pennsylvania thing to do and stand out there in the cold 
and uh, you pull a groundhog out and uh, try to determine whether or not he's seeing his shadow. And what is it? You see your shadow, and uh, you get six long weeks of winter, but if he doesn't see his shadow... We have a fall version. There's a fall version? What's that? Yeah, the fall version is uh, when Starbucks puts the pumpkin, pumpkin <laughs> spice right. latte on there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's coming earlier and earlier, too. Falls encroaching on summer with uh, the PSL, the pumpkin spice yeah, latte. Buddy. Which I've never had. I've never, ever had. I have no idea what that's about. I just get coffee. Just just black coffee. Don't put any sugar in a man's coffee. Just don't. Just leave it the way it is. All right, so did he find it? I don't even know if anybody cares about this out here because it's like... Sunny out today, but going to be wintry this weekend. But what this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. An early spring is on the way. All right, there you go. Early spring. Is that just a a Pennsylvania you know, weather, weather uh, you know, prediction or is that for everywhere? What do you get? I mean, how does this work? I don't understand. We're in California. It's always, <laughs> it's always <laughs> That's spring. right. You know, it's all, I don't know. We're going to have a lot of rain this week. Uh, all right. This is uh, uh, Pastor Scott's show, Open Line Friday. That means you can call about anything you'd like. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Uh, Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott show. Uh, thank you. Uh, I wanted to know um, if I'm misreading. I've been reading Revelation lately. Yeah. And it seems as though Revelation uh, alludes to uh, a, a, a period of global um, a global autocracy where uh, uh, this mark of the beast thing that it's talking about, I don't know if I'm misinterpreting or misreading it or something, mm-hmm. that uh, no man, the mark of the beast that no one would be able to buy or sell except they to have the the mark, and would cause as many as would not receive the mark to be killed, and this global war, you know, what I'm concerned about is that with this thing going on in the Middle East, uh, even though we are stronger than Iran, I have a feeling that Iran may not be the only one involved if they decide to retaliate. We have several enemies that want to get at us, and they may combine their efforts to do so which looks like an Armageddon to me. What do you think? I think that is, uh, it's an excellent observation, Ted, and I encourage everybody, read the book of Revelation. Take a couple hours. You won't understand everything. Uh, You won't even understand a lot of it, except you will get the point, and you will see uh, things like you're seeing here, Ted, where in chapter 13 it talks about uh, Mark of the Beast and uh, the idea that uh, people would receive a mark on their right hands, their foreheads, so that they cannot buy or sell unless they had the mark. Uh, there's a lot of argument, okay, theological argument and different opinions about what a lot of that means. But I think, my view, is if you take it just kind of for what it says, it says that there will be, like you said, some kind of global system, global autocracy, global economic system, where the leader, uh, whoever that is, will be able to prevent you from buying or selling. And, uh, and I'll get to your other comment about uh, Israel in a second. Um, and, you know, people over time, as they have read that and tried to interpret it, it's been hard to imagine how anybody could actually control what everybody in the world buys or sells. But today, with digital currency, uh, it's actually mm-hmm. not hard to imagine at all. Very simple. Exactly. If, you do not, uh, if you do not click this box and pledge allegiance to the beast, your bank account is turned off. 
It's it can be automated. It doesn't have to be a guy. It's just it's just. I mean, I think that there is a an antichrist, a leader, but I mean that the the mechanism to do this to control people's spending, and this is something that is significant in general about digital currency that that people should think about. That if everything you have is digital, and there's no cash, there is. That means that everything you can ever do with your money is completely tracked. It means that not that you should be doing illegal things, but sometimes it's nobody's business. It's not illegal, but not everybody needs to know. But if everything's digital, then everything is tracked. Everything is tied up in computers and uh, you can be shut off. It's just that simple. Uh, And it's interesting that somebody 2000 years ago would have written that down. Uh, I believe he wrote it down because he saw it and God showed it to the apostle John. And the way he was able to describe what he saw throughout Revelation is in the terms that you see in Revelation. Um, so I do think that that's coming. With respect to Israel, uh, there will be a time, and there's a lot more in the Scriptures in your Old Testament especially, but it's also in, in Revelation and uh, Matthew 24, other New Testament passages, where the world is going to come up against Israel, um, and not just Iran, that there will be a time where everybody's against Israel. And the second coming of Christ is probably at the end of all of that, at maybe Israel's last moment. It's incredibly significant that Israel even exists as a country. Did you know, Ted, that no country in the world after it has uh, vanished from the earth has ever come back? Never. And Israel's done it twice. Uh, I think that's uh, extraordinary. And, you know, what I would say, looking at the scriptures and the United States— you probably will recognize through your reading that the United States is not not clearly in there, if at all. And that means that we're either not relevant or we don't exist, or we're just part of everybody else uh, at the end. And uh, I do think the world is is headed that way. At the same time, I also think it's possible that these events could be farther off in the future, and maybe we're about to have a big revival. Maybe this is a period of time where the world is going to wake up to the insanity that is actually happening right now and say there must be truth out there. The notion that there's more than one truth, the notion that, you know, male and female is some kind of construct, you know, that is fake, uh, that doesn't make any sense. There must be truth out there. And I think if you ask that question, it will lead you to Christ ultimately if you pursue it to its logical end. Uh, So I pray for that. And I pray for the church that we would not sit around thinking that the rapture is tomorrow or the end of the world is tomorrow or this is it. Could be, but that's up to Jesus. You know, that's up to God. Um, Our call is to make disciples. Our call is to defend the powerless. Our call is to be out there and living our faith uh, in the name of Jesus. And we Mm -hmm. do that until he calls us home. You know, it also says something about... um, I think it's Revelation 21, chapter 21 or something about um, uh, blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Does that mean that the Ten Commandments are still binding with God? No, it uh, it is talking about uh, there's probably some people who might say there's some different opinions about whether they're what Christians are like in the end times. A lot of people think that it goes back almost to Old Testament, the, the last week of Daniel, which is probably what that is, and it's really dealing with Israel. But all through the Bible, we're saved by faith, even your Old Testament, even when the, old, the commandments are given. Okay, We're always saved by faith. Adam, you know, uh, 
Abraham's justified by faith. And you read about that all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. The thing to keep in mind is that those who are keeping the commands of Christ, what he told us is, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so the thing is with Christianity is you're not saved because you do good things. You do good things because you are saved. Right. The, the, the evidence that we are saved people is that the Holy Spirit is working in our life and we're doing more good than we used to. Uh, we are growing in the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. We're growing in those areas. Some people have a long way to go because they're terrible, right? That's me. And you know what the, the great thing about grace is, is there's not like a brass ring you're supposed to grab and say, oh, I'm saved now because I am kind enough. No, it's there's a process. There's probably some really super nice people who aren't saved because they don't think they need to grow and they don't think they really need Jesus in the in their heart. In their heart they don't have him. And there are some pretty terrible people who I think do have him and uh the evidence is growth and the evidence of being saved is that you will if you love Jesus, you're going to want to follow him, which is keeping his commandments. So the the Bible's consistent on faith all the way through. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, you're welcome. Keep reading that. The book of Revelation, by the way, thank you, Ted, for calling, tells you that you will be blessed if you read it. And I tell you what, every time I sit down and read it, I'm blessed, and I believe Ted is blessed. All right, Open Line Friday. We'll get to your calls here in just a minute, 888-528-2557. Kelly and Tracy and others, I'll get to your calls when we come back, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can watch us live right now on KKLA.com and our live stream. You can get our podcast, The Pastor Scott Show, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.